1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: It's 3 o'clock on Dukes and Bell.
3: I find it interesting.
2: Thanks for making us your sports station.
4: Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
3: Ah, it's Dukes and Bell. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. What's going on? Uh Oh, the NFL, that's what's going on. Teams getting ready for the start of the season and cuts are happening. Uh, Mike and I talking about Cam Newton and we're going to get to the NFL blitz. But but I'm going to tell you guys this. In NFL circles, okay, and people that I've talked to about this this morning have all said Cam's going to end up somewhere. But this whole vaccinated, not being vaccinated thing is big. And it's big because if you have a healthy locker room and you have a team like the Falcons, who are 100% vaccinated, okay? Mm -hmm. As a coach and general manager, you're rolling the dice by bringing in a guy who's not and could create issues for the locker room. I'm not talking about a hard head or any of that stuff. No nonsense. I'm simply talking about from a COVID perspective. And some of these owners, Mike, in NFL circles, I was told this this morning, some of these owners, they don't want to deal with that. They've worked very hard to convince guys and work with their team to get them vaccinated and get them moving in this direction. The NFL's goal, guys, whether you believe it or you don't believe it, that your choice is to play games. They need to play these games. And NFL owners need these games to be played to make money. I think, Mike, that's going to play a role as to where Cam ultimately ends up. And how this plays out. Right.
5: And I had a guy hit me up on Twitter just now. You can follow us and put him up. See Duke's on Mike Bell ATL and he says, Well what like a guy like Beasley, you know, Beasley he comes in contact with a trainer who was vaccinated who got it. I go, Yes, and because Cole Beasley is not vaccinated, he's gotta go through ten days of B S now <laughs> OK, right. I mean, look, there's no rationalizing it, guys. Not, not, don't come with that to me. You know, if Beasley and everybody uh, who's a player's girlfriend wants to like, rant and rave about how unfair it is, if you get the shot, then you're gonna, if you're asymptomatic and you get two negatives within, what, 48 hours, you're back in the mix. Otherwise, you're on ice for 10 days. You know, and if this happens during the regular season and some other guys get it because you're not vaccinated and you've got a more virulent strain of it and other guys get infected, then you're going to maybe have to forfeit a game. And that's your point about players, and I should
3: say most management doesn't want to deal with this stuff. I wouldn't do it. Mike, if we owned a team and this was us today and we're going, you want to bring him in, I'd go, oh, our guys are vaccinated. Right. I mean, you you have to talk about it. It's not like you, you can't discuss it. So it is what it is right now, and uh, we'll see what happens with that. Hey, plenty more coming up on the dogs as we talk about them getting ready for Clemson and where Kirby thinks this team Can grow. It's pretty interesting uh, heading into the first game. Right now, though, it's Dukes and Bell. Let's get to an NFL Blitz. Welcome to the NFL. With news and notes from around the league, this is NFL Blitz on Dukes and Bell. NFL Blitz brought to you by Priority Men's Medical Centers. Check them out at PriorityMensMedical.com. All right. uh, First and foremost, we said thoughts and prayers go out to everyone affected by this hurricane. Hurricane Ida was no joke. Uh, You know, the remnants of that now moving through the country and We know, Louisiana got hit hard. Sean Payton, Mike, says the team is not going to return anytime soon to New Orleans.
2: I think what's more
5: realistic is once this roster gets reduced, I kind of see these guys Wednesday taking some time away. A lot of these guys will head back to where they're from originally maybe. And then me on Wednesday telling them, hey, I'll see you guys Sunday night and here's where we're going to be. We just got to fill in that last blank. But I I don't see that realistically
2: being uh, in New Orleans.
5: Yeah, they're on the roads week two and three, but the home opener was at the Superdome, which was not damaged. But as you guys know, power still not restored to the majority of Orleans Parish and all the areas, including the Saints practice facility. They're up there at uh, the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium,
3: Carl. That's what they've been practicing. It's crazy. Uh, the Saints are also leaving wide receiver Michael Thomas, their star stud receiver, on the pup list, which means he's going to miss the first five weeks of the season. Um, that's only big news simply because, again, they're starting the season with a new quarterback and Jameis, and he doesn't have one of his biggest weapons out there to start the year. Also a big shout-out to Arthur Blank. Arthur Blank Foundation pledging $1 million to the Hurricane Ida Relief uh, for the Red Cross, it's it's always Arthur leading the way, and, and with his big heart, Mike, it's not about the rivalry. This is about helping people. So I, I want right. to give Arthur Blank and the Blank Foundation matching, a big shout out.
5: Uh, matching Mrs. Benson's uh, pledge of a million dollars, and I can I think half of it goes to the Red Cross, the other half goes to uh, fund for a new other uh, city of New Orleans. So again, you're right, man. It's kind of we take it for granted. It's really cool. Leonard Fournette donating a hundred thousand uh, dollars to Red Cross down of New Orleans as well.
3: It's cool, man. Um, apparently. Steven Ross, who owns the Dolphins, really wants Deshaun Watson. I
5: saw that today. So what do you
3: make of that? So I think think that's just true. I do think, like we said, there's smoke, there's fire. But I also think the Texans coming out today and saying they are not going to move him between now and, well, an hour from now, which is 4 o'clock. They don't have any plans, any expectations to trade him. So... He, here's what I think happens, guys, as we move forward with this. If that is true and the Texans don't don't want to trade him, even though the owner allegedly of the Dolphins wants him, Mike wants all of this stuff. He gets clear of it either way. I don't know how that plays out, what right. it looks like. I do think this is the team he will ultimately end up on. I really do. I still think even if – let's just say the Dolphins go to playoffs this year, and they might. That's a really good young team. Mm-hmm. I still think we get into next year's offseason. He gets deposed. All of this stuff comes, you know, it, 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 he goes to court or whatever. And then as we come back next year, I think this is where he's going to end up. Because when you have an owner intent on getting a guy, usually that's what happens. Right.
5: And uh, it's funny. We were just having this conversation yesterday about how any time that uh, Tua is mentioned in any context by anybody on that team, there's always a caveat, right? Well, you know, of course, he's got to, some things he's got to work on, and that's even coming from Coach Brian Flores. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it seems like not everybody in that organization is sold on that quarterback. But Deshaun Watson, let's just say for argument's sake, Azuna, right? We said I'm, Azuna never go play another uh, another team in a Major League Baseball, right? Okay. And then, okay. And then we find out in Sandy Springs what the police said they had on video. Well, the prosecutor said that wasn't enough, and now he'll get a chance. Well, probably won't be playing for the Braves anymore, but he'll be get a chance to make some money in the bigs. So. The most of the chatter you're getting on the whole Deshaun Watson thing is coming from the plaintiffs, um, or the uh, yeah, it's plaintiff the uh, the women that are suing him from their lawyer, and and maybe the criminal case. I don't know. We don't know where it'll go. HPD is investigating, but we still end the grand jury and all that. Does do the Dolphins know something we don't know? I know. That's I, the only reason I would give. I mean, because why knowing that there's so many variables. You and I just talked about yesterday. Are you, now it's out there. Where it came from, I don't know, but it's out there now floating on the interweb that uh, Stephen Rossi
3: covets to Sean Watson. Meanwhile, Trey Lance has a small chip in his finger. Coach Kyle Shanahan with the 49ers revealed that he's going to – he's got a small chip, which, again, I was like, what does that mean? In his finger, and would not specify which finger or which hand, whether it was his throwing hand or not. But uh, (laughs) Shanahan being a smart A, saying it's one of his five fingers. (laughs) Thanks, Coach. So uh, they open up the season against the Lions. Point is, uh, he'll be out a couple of days. But, Mike, you know Shanahan played both of these guys in the last preseason game, and everybody was freaking out. So is Trey Lance going to rotate with Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, the general manager has said it, and I know
5: that uh, Shanahan has said they were going to have, you know, quote, packages for Trey Lance. So, I mean, not sure if that's what what that's going to look like. Will that be a complete series or just simply one play of many? But uh, they're gonna get. They, they want to get an, This guy's an athlete. And they want to get him on the field. Yeah. And I would be happy if I'm Garoppolo. But you know, uh, that's if you have done better in the past few seasons or stayed healthy, they wouldn't have gotten this guy.
3: A lot of people are picking the Ravens guys to do something this year. Now with the injury to their running back, J.K. Dobbins, Mike and I both said this is they're gonna take a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, you just don't replace that kind of production. But Harbaugh was talking about playing his starters, Mike, in the preseason and and how that gets his guys ready. It's a fair conversation, you
5: know, we, we played Lamar, we played Mark, we played the starting offensive line, we played the whole offense for nine plays, I think it was.
0: Those guys played for no more than 23 plays the whole preseason, that's what JK had. Some teams play their guys a lot, I watch certain teams, you know who they are. they played their starters every single game extensively. The teams you're competing against in the AFC have pretty much all done that. But there are other teams that don't play their guys at
5: all. They don't play their starters even one snap. I know we're farther down that road than we've ever been. We played our guys so little this offseason, it's just been how we've done it, but... Anytime a guy gets hurt, you know, you, you ask yourself those questions. So there you go. We, and you and I have been having this debate all, all preseason long and doesn't matter now, it's over. So Matt didn't play, other guys did, some didn't, like Aaron Rodgers. So and there you go. It's it couldn't put it any better. Meanwhile, you see you got cut by the Saints yesterday?
3: No, who got Devante cut? Devontae Freeman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, sorry. So, you're so I'm mean. sorry. You're so mean. You're so well, mean. he said he loved the Saints, and he loved the uniforms. I mean, come on,
5: D. <laughs> that did tick off some Falcon fans. I mean, we, we lobbied for free to get his contract, and nothing good ever happened ever since then. Um, speaking of guys who got cut, if you've been watching Hard Knocks, like uh, Carl and I, uh, likable guy, fun personality, Ben DiNucci. He of the three interceptions, Carl, in Did you say half.
3: DiNucci? DiNucci. Oh. oh!
5: DiNucci gets cut by the uh, Cowboys. He was one of the storylines on Hard Knocks this season. He go. He threw what three picks last week? Or yes, whatever he did it was. in the second half against the Texans, and 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 the, and, it, and, the, and the next one was uglier than the next one. You know, and the defense oh. gets the stops, and he just completely craps the bed. Also, Riley Ridley gets cut uh, by the uh, Bears. Mm. Former uh, Georgia Bulldog was a fourth rounder uh, two seasons ago. Uh, he's out. Uh, for you fantasy leaguers, this is why you don't do your fantasy draft till the season's ready to go. Looks like Nick Folk is not going to be the kicker for the Patriots. Really? Yeah, that's what. There's a report out there on Pro Football Talk that they're going to well, go he, in another direction. He damn near won me a league a couple of years yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I just I just drafted him in a mock draft, <laughs> so for what it's worth. But yeah, that's just you know news you can use right there for you fantasy owners, man. Yeah, uh, uh, when
1: I was in Atlanta, you know, this
0: is our biggest rival. You know what I'm saying? And I, the colors, I love the colors. I always in uh, the
4: Saints man.
3: Hang them mm-hmm. on your wall, Devontae. <laughs> Golden okay. black. You know, <laughs> it does put, go together, I won't deny that. But. Put, put, a, put a Saints flag up, all right, and enjoy that. <laughs> now listen, uh, Mike's right, and real quick, if anybody lobbied in this city for Devontae Freeman at the time to get his money, it was us because right. of what he was doing for this football team. Three seasons, you could argue he had as much impact on any team than anybody. Right. And, you know, so for us at the moment, who when we, we go from, <laughs> uh, you know, no running game whatsoever to all of a sudden having a running game again and free having some really breakout plays. Guys, I know we, we don't want to remember the Super Bowl. He scored in the Super Bowl. We don't right. want to remember. Right. But But free was actually good for us. The problem is, Mike, the decline with running backs happened so quickly. Right. And he went from looking really good and getting paid to – what's going on and now probably out of the league mike last year he was trying to hold on you thought this might give him some life guys i said this today on twitter he was the fifth best running back on the Saints this preseason right no it just it just didn't work out but at the time as you say we
5: go with what we know at the time thousand yard rushes you can count them on two hands in the history of the entire organization for the falcons guy had two thousand yard seasons he and you know him and coleman were a great combination under shanahan and then nothing went right including the missed block after the contract went down um yeah, I know that we've been talking a lot, Carl, about, you know, where are the linemen? Who are the guys that we might be in the mix for? I just think we might claim some guys off of waivers. There's been a couple of trades. You mentioned the Ravens trade, a guy named Ben Bredesen to the Giants. He was a former fourth-round pick. So some guys are on the move. But, again, it's, it's got to fit uh, what we're doing, which is that outside zone blocking scheme. I know that a lot of guys are hitting us up on the text line saying, hey, what about this guy or that guy? It would be anybody who played in any any derivative of a Shanahan offense. That's the kind of lineman, right, we'd be looking for.
3: Yeah, and there are a couple of guys. Carson Green got let go. I mean, there's a couple of guys that you go, okay, does does, does he work? Does he improve us? Because right. here's the deal. If you're Coach Arthur Smith and you're Terry Fontenot, our general manager, and you're, you're sitting here and you're watching this thing like everybody and you're seeing guys come available, you still have to ask yourself, is he really that much better than what we have? To me, Mike, you don't bring in a guy like Levitre. We, we keep using this example, right. guys. I know some people don't, were not not here or maybe you don't remember this. But Andy Levitre at the time was better than anybody we had at that position. So it made sense to go get him. And you went, you know, what, what are we giving up? That's the other part of this. Right. Uh, ooh, that, was, a fifth, that was, a, fifth that was a trade 2015 and then
5: of course That, that helped because we, didn't, we never got Remember we told, talked about this yesterday We had Holly in person gotcha. And that's part of the six game losing streak Team came right up the middle And that was a bad day for Matt Ryan Next year we go get Alex Mack So between Alex Mack, Levitre, Levitre. Plugged in, Chester Schrader was a guy that was actually good Remember that? Yeah. Along with Jake Matthews. And then we gave him a contract extension. Then he, when he got his contract,
3: it went south. Yeah, he but, went to bed. I, I'm with you. But, but that's the thing. This won't, This would not be a trade, right. per se. I mean, they, they could still do that. But it has to be, is it this guy much better than what we currently have? And I know most of you right now are going, low well, line's not that good, guys. Have you been watching? We have. But when you start making these moves, that's the decision. And if you go, all right, the guy we have can grow and get better. Let's just say it's Caleb McGarry, right? right? You're looking at McGarry and you're going, all right, am I bringing in a guy that's going to be that much better than him? We've, we we invested a first-round pick on, in this guy, or is he going to continue to grow and we feel like he's going to be really good by the end of the season and we'll be where we need to be? That's the decision they have to make. Well, Carl, can I interest you in Michael Jordan?
5: Of course. Well, there's a Michael Jordan that was on the Bengals that got released. Oh, no, not that Michael Jordan. Okay. All right. All right. I thought you were bringing the no, gun no, here. A, he is a 23-year-old, 6'6", 315, <laughs> 350-pound lineman who went to Ohio State, was a fourth-rounder. He's out there. I don't know if he fits his own blocking scheme, but he's out there, too. Speaking all of right. Michael
3: Jordan, did you guys see his new yacht adventure that he's been on? No. Take a look at that, maybe for Guy talk. I will. Look at you with a heads up. Is it the fishing yacht that he's been on? He is he's on something. I don't even know how this thing is called. It's a it's a mansion on the water. All right. Okay, okay, because so, I know he's got a fishing yeah. uh, team right. as well down there, and I know I'd seen those pictures, but this so, probably is different. I would love to go
5: deep-sea fishing and have a craps table right next to me, Carl. That would be an awesome feature to have on the back of the boat. Why do
3: I have a feeling Mike probably has that? <laughs> right. <laughs> Coming up, Darren Eels is going to join us. Atlanta United, guys. We'll talk to Darren about all things going on with our club. Guys missing, new manager, the loss the other night, and more. Here on Dukes and Bell. It's Dukes and Bell. We're going to talk to our man, Darren Eels, president of Atlanta United. I want to remind you, the BetQL Network is available nationwide on the Odyssey mobile app and the website. And it's wager uh, entertainment wage guys, for every fan. Morning, afternoon, night your one-stop shop for betting info, get sports betting tips from your local talent, national experts, sports betting, and entertainment content to keep both the casual and hardcore bettors entertained. That's BetQL Network, only on Odyssey and Odyssey app. Mike, let's talk to Darren Eels. You were at the match uh, last weekend against Nashville. We come up short where there were some positives and then there were some negatives. And Darren, welcome into the program. How are you doing today? Hey, guys. Yeah, good Thanks yourselves good we're doing well we're ready for for football season the other football uh american football but uh i know you are too and we're all curious to see what the falcons are going to do but let's talk about uh what happened against nashville what were your thoughts darren as the game played out
6: yeah i'll, I'll talk that, but also on football, i'm looking forward to the fancy football competition we got today hmm. uh as reigning champion Eels of fortune i'm hoping <laughs> to defend my crown so uh I'm hoping we're going to be. I know Andy Bunker's got a team, so I'm pretty sure we'll finish ahead of them. But uh, I'm looking <laughs> forward to that. I just know not to draft Cam Newton now, like I did last year. Right, Eels of uh, Fortune, by yeah, the way. Eels of Fortune
5: is a great name for a fantasy team, by the way. That is, that is, uh, again, it's, but all fantasy football names. Carl should be fun, a play on words, clever. Darren checks all the boxes on that one. Surely
6: does. She should no, does. I love Mike. Is we got a ring from Coke for winning it. That's better than and bigger than the less ring we got. So I actually <laughs> nice. wore in my staff meeting today just to rub it home to everyone. But uh, yeah, I'm milking up for all it's <laughs> worth.
5: Yeah, I just thought the match, and we talked with Jason longshore about it yesterday, from where I was sitting, the good, before we get to the bad and the ugly, but the good was uh, Arauju, Man, he's got skills, Darren. And you know, when you get the whole crowd going, ooh, as he's just dribbling out of trouble and making some unbelievable footwork.
6: Yeah, look, and again, it's going to take him a little bit of time, obviously, settle with new teammates for new league, but you can see it from his skill and also his pace. I mean, there's part of me after the game chat with him saying, look, you know, you're not playing in the French league now. You can just knock it by a player and run to be honest. He's are so much quicker than, than everyone out there. And I think, you know, he's going to realize that he can be a bit more direct and, you know, he's, uh, He's certainly someone that's fitted in well. And, you know, I think now as the, the season goes on, we're going to see a bit more uh, for the goals and assists from him as, as time goes on. But, yeah, I thought that was a positive. And, look, again, you know, it's disappointing with the result, but it was, you know, what I think you've got in Nashville and credit to them and hats off to them. They're a very experienced uh, team, a savvy team. And, you know, they scored the first goal right at the death of the first half. We knew then that was going to make it difficult second half. And, obviously, we went for it near the end. We thought Joseph had got the goal for the equaliser on the header and then you know we sent everybody up for the corner because to be honest you might as well lose 2-0 as 1-0 when you're trying to chase the game but again I think you know in Nashville we see some of the sort of match um the way they can kill a game that we need to learn from you know we're a younger team and you know they're a savvy well set up organization I thought they did a good job of seeing out the game second half but look I think you know the positives are as well you know if Gonzalo's going to get his first win, what better than to have it against Orlando City? You know, that's, uh, that's a nice uh, to be.
3: Yeah, speaking of uh, Gonzalo uh, Pineda, that's our new manager, guys. It's Aaron, uh, Darren Niels joining us here on Dukes and Bell. He, he took blame after the game. And I, I don't know. I mean, Darren, I, I, we didn't hear that from the last guy. I don't know if we heard that from Frank. And whether you think it was true or not, you know, they, he took ownership in, in the team and saying, hey, this, this one's on me. What did you make of those comments?
6: Yeah, look, I mean, I think, you know, as a guy, I mean, i am been really impressed with him. And I think if you're at the match right, you'll have seen it. Like, you know, it's disappointing with a loss, but he's going around with the players, applauding the fans. So I think, you know, from, from that perspective, he understands the importance of that connection with the supporters. And I think he's a players coach as well. So I think he's someone that that is going to be up there and is going to be someone who's, who's looking to take ownership and then, you know, behind closed doors, they'll look at what things they can do to improve, how they can fix it. But I think we've seen it already, you know, with him and Rob, with the team that we've got, there's, there's a real sense of camaraderie. And I know it's disappointing that we didn't get the win, but you know, we'd had four straight wins before that, you know, we're not going to win every game, but I think, you know, in Gonzalo, we've got someone that, you know, the players really respect already. You can see that just from their, their body language and the way they react. But also I think, you know, he, he is someone that he's going to own up. You know, it's his first job as a head coach, and he's not coming in pretending he's got all the answers, and I think that's refreshing. Mm-hmm.
5: It is our man Darren Eels with us here, guys, on the com hotline talking about Atlanta United. We had a four-game win streak snapped, as Darren said, by a team that is really good, reminds us of Atlanta United early on, how quickly they've gotten in the game, got a great coach, really good tactically. Did you think, Darren, as we did where we were sitting, that because of the newness of and some of the chemistry coming together, there was some of that hesitation where if we had just kept – Moving all in the same direction. Sometimes Joseph was waiting for a pass; it didn't come, or vice versa.
6: Yeah, I think there's a little bit there that's going to, um, you know, take time. But I also think as well that, you know, we played with the the five at the back, and uh, that had worked for four games. So again, I don't think you can come in and change that straight away. I think second half when we switched, we were a little bit more effective. And you know, that front four is is going to be pretty fearsome. I think in this league when. You know when they're flying and they're all on the same wavelength, and then about how do we get the balance between defence and attack so that we're not too isolated in midfield. I think that as we get players back um, that are available, I think you know Amir did a great job in there, but he is a little bit of a lone man in there at the moment when there is really him and him alone and the front four are off doing their thing. So I think that balance is something that Gonzalo will be looking at over the international break, and and that's something I think that we can be a little bit more effective as we go into these last run of games. But I think it's all there to, you know, the, the positive for us is, it's, you know, we can see what, what we can do with those guys. And, you know, the one thing I would say, you know, and I think it's unforgivable from pro and, you know, I know every week I try not to talk about the referees. But, mm. but on this case, you know, go Baraka ahead. is the most foul, most foul player in the league. Every game well, let let me, you know, let Darren, let me ask fouled, opponents you. target him. Yeah.
5: Let me ask you, there's this a, is a, but there's yeah. a rule. Uh, that it's the uh, persistent infringement. It's on the books, and we're the team that needs it, and we never get the call. So what, can you lobby as who goes to bat for MLS to say, why don't we call this rule?
6: Yeah, well, look, obviously I'm going to raise it because this one, I think, was the most flagrant for me. So, you know, Barker gets kicked every time he gets it, as we know in every game. And in this one, <laughs> at the end of the first half, he makes a pass, jumps out the way of a tackle where they come into flying and try and, you know, tackle him again. You know, he gets clipped, falls over, and then blow me if he doesn't get a yellow card for simulation. <laughs> you know, one, it's ridiculous. Two, he wasn't simulation because he got hit. So, you know, it's an outright, right. Out, you know, it's a travesty. And, you know, that's what's frustrating. It's, you know, it's it's referees picking absolutely the wrong decision. You know, in that case, they should be going into that game knowing Barker's going to get kicked mm-hmm. and be thinking about that. And in the end, he gets, a yellow card for simulation, when patently when you look at the replay, he gets kicked. And by the way, he doesn't even jump out of the way he's going to get kicked anymore. And it wasn't like he was looking for the foul anyway. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just crazy. But that, that's the level of sort of ineptness that we have that needs to get improved.
3: I love it. Darren Eels, our guest, guys, president of Atlanta United. How does the international break affect our training? I know we've got guys going all over the place, Miles and Joseph going to play with Venezuela. How does it affect our training?
6: Yeah, so it's um, I mean, it's a bit of a blow. Um, for just to explain it, what happened is because of COVID and the lack of qualifiers last year, they're now putting three matches into the same two-week period. So what that means for Joseph and Ronnie Hernandez, for example, you know they'll have a game the day before Orlando. So you know there's no chance that they're going to be able to play in our game because they're going to be playing the day before in somewhere in South America. Uh, even with the American players, you know there's a game on the Wednesday, so it's going to depend a little bit about whether or not Miles or George Bellow is, is playing in that game. So, you know, we're going to have some, some availability that's going to affect that game against Orlando. Um, what the team has had is they've had three days off since Nashville. And again, you know, not just physically, but I think mentally from, from the coach, it was a chance to give the players a little bit of charge, to, chance to, to recharge for those three days. And then they come back in tomorrow. Uh, and then, you know, it's fully on board then to get ready for the Orlando game.
5: Darren is hot today Carl he's had it enough and he won't take it anymore talking about the- you're not gonna get in trouble for that are you I mean
6: no I mean I just sort of uh, I was just merely hypothesizing yes,
5: you know. yes. <laughs> All I right I'm to make sure I mean because again going to come back is going to be our fault uh, Darren Eels is with us here on the waitforward.com hotline as Carl said there's a bit of a break so we're, run- we're eventually running out of schedule but you still like our chances we asked Jason this yesterday you still think we can make the playoffs?
6: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's still tight in the table and, you know, we've got 12 games left, seven at home. I think, you know, from from our perspective, I feel like we're in a good place, um, you know, in terms of that fixed list. You know, we've obviously got to, got to turn the, the, the results into wins, but I feel like we've got enough talent in the squad now and, um, you know, with the new coach that we can you know get in the playoffs. And, you know, ultimately for us, and, and I've said this before, you just got to get in there. I think, you know, if we can get into the playoffs, we're clearly a team that no one's going to want to play against. I think we'll be dangerous and it is single elimination, so it's not as if you're even playing the double headers. So I feel like, you know, our aim now is just to get into the playoffs and then hopefully we can cause some damage.
3: Yeah, uh, I agree. And looking at the standings, we're you're right there, you know. I mean, D.C. and then Columbus and us, so it's it's very possible. Mike and I have been saying that. we just got to get it together after this international break. Hey, Darren, uh, before we let you roll out, um, I know you, you're big into fantasy football, so here's my question. First pick, if you get it. Who are you going with?
6: Yeah, well, it's a tough one because we've got the ninth, so we're, we're oh, in the old. middle of it. Oh, but again, got so like, I got stick, got stick last year because we went running back, running back, running back. You know, so that was our, our approach was load up on the running backs and people were mocking us as we picked running backs for the first four picks. But you know, we ended up you know, with a team that won it, so I think we're not going to deviate from that strategy.
5: Okay, because, okay, again, I was going to say, if you're picking, I, 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 Carl mocks me, Darren. I do a lot of mock drafts, but uh, <laughs> that gets you into, like, Saquon Barkley territory, and then you might go wide receiver this year first because it's a very shallow running back class.
6: Yeah, that will be the interesting one, I think, for us, having said running back, running back, running uh, <laughs> back. Yeah. Yeah. If we're there in nine and we think that we take the number one right, wide receiver. So uh, it's an interesting spot to be in, but I've got confidence in my team that we can retain the crown.
5: Will Eels of
3: Fortune go Devontae Adams, Carl? I know. It's a big decision. Hey, Darren, we're all counting on you. Hey, have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. Guys, thanks. <laughs> All right, there I mean, he is. Look, and I have been doing them. Don't lie, I, I? just don't,
5: you know, put it out there for you to make fun of me. But I've already done about six mocks already for those fantasies.
3: So. Well, so what, What's your strategy? Is it changing? Is your strategy changing? No, but changing? It,
5: it, again, you got it, between J.K. Dobbins and everybody else going down, and E.T.N. I mean, it, good running backs are at a premium, and some teams, you know, they do it by committee. Yeah. Good luck. How, how do you figure out who the how the Patriots or 49ers is going to are going to run the football with the most? Right, things like that. So that gets you into like. Obviously, McCaffrey is everybody's number one because he's going to get so many yards in the air. You know, is Kamara going to have the same success with Jameis? Mm. So I mean, just like I said, I mean, is for instance, is what happens with uh, Ezekiel
3: Elliott if that gets screwed up again? And do you trust Dak to stay healthy
5: for the entire season?
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, he is supposed to be – this is supposed to be a rebound season. He had his worst right? season since, like, his freshman year at Ohio State or whatever it was. I mean, he – this was a down year. Last year was. And he came in into camp, like, remember the first hard knocks? He's like, I lost weight and all that. Right? I, I wouldn't <laughs> – If I was picking high, I would still have him up there because I think they want to take that pressure off of Dak, Mm. especially early in the season. I think he's going to see the kind of carries he did just a few years ago. And then Dak's got those wide receivers. I I think Zeke, just based on how the Cowboys are doing things, I would move him up on my list as far as where I might pick him this year based on the last few years.
5: Right. And this year, I mean, again, you got Najee Harris, but he's going to get – you talked about impacts for rookie running backs. That's a dude that could probably be told in the mail for the Steelers this year.
3: It's going to be interesting, man. We'll be talking some fantasy football. We, we have fun with that, man. We, we play, uh, and we know many of our listeners do as well. All right, coming up, yeah, man, no, man's on the way. We will also get to the dog report, guys, and something very interesting Kirby said. We'll get to that. It's on the way on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe.
3: Hey, it's Carl Dukes. Football's finally back. Your picks could be worth $10,000 with the Rocket Mortgage 2021 Pro Football Pick'em. Sign up today by texting "Picks" to 20357 and just pick the winners of each week's games. I'm doing this. No point spreads, no lineups, and you could win up to $10,000, guys. Sign up now by texting "Picks." Picks to two zero three five seven. That's two zero three five seven. One thousand dollars up for grabs each week and ten thousand dollars at the end of the season. It's the Rocket Borgans 2021 Pro Football pick 'em. Cannot wait until the NFL season starts. If you are just joining us for the first time today, cut day. All teams getting their rosters down to 53 men, Mike from 80. And we got about 20 minutes left before these deals, the final cuts are made, or I guess made official. Uh, have you seen anything uh, that has been shocking uh, so far outside of the Cam Newton thing? Not really. I mean, you know, there'll
5: be perhaps there'll be somebody that we I'm just I'm just looking for linemen, linemen that fit what we're doing. Um, and, hold and,
3: on, Mike. Wait, wait coming in this, this breaking news. Former Falcon Desmond Trufant released by the Bears today.
5: <laughs> yeah, you and I when and it was funny. Well, not funny. Well, not he didn't play in the Super Bowl because, remember, he got injured halfway yeah. through the season. You and I went round. Now you, I think you and I are on the same page on this. There was no reason to give him that contract extension going into that one. But there's another guy that, you know, is some good, some bad, and some ugly for the Falcons. And another guy that, you know, when, mm-hmm. you, when you draft guys in the first round, they're supposed to be with your team for their careers, for the most part. You know, that's, what supposed, that's what's expected if it goes well. And yeah. it rarely went like that with the
3: All right, so here's the thing, Um, and and our best going out to Desmond Trufant, according to Adam Schefter. You want him back now? Consider where we're at? uh, It's interesting. He says he still wants to play. He still owed $3.5 million from the Lions, but Adam Mm. Schefter says Trufant left Chicago on August 13th to be with his father, who passed away two days later on August 15th, Mm. and then he remained with his family during camp. Okay. So that played a role in this decision uh, I think, a lot more than than whether or not he can still play. But okay. he says he wants to continue playing. Hey, I would th- no, Would you? By
5: the way, we always had a great rapport with Desmond. We, he's one of those two guys. You can tell, like, Desmond, we thought you had a bad game. Yeah, it wasn't good. But, yeah, you know, he's, it's so anyway, true. he's He's he'll be 31 next week. Um, and just based on where we are, I mean, again, if it makes sense for the scheme and Coach Pease is interested, but at mm-hmm. this stage of his career and the, being
3: what we are with the budget. And the last one, says Bo if he's interested in True. Okay. Uh, let's get that man, no man. All right, Raiders cut Carl Joseph as well. There's a couple other cornerbacks that are out there, Antonio Phillips, the Bengals. There are guys. It's what you might want to go get. Bo Morgan, before we get to yeah, man, no man, Desmond Trufant uh, now let go by the Bears. Again, circumstances with his family, uh, and he remained away from camp to be with his family. That That's certainly understandable, but any interest at all?
2: Uh, I mean, slightly. I, I, I'm more worried about the fact that they only kept eight offensive linemen. I think okay. that's mm-hmm. where my concentration right. is. They have 11 DBs and I would just go with the young guys in that department. You know, I almost uh, stole Desmond Trufant's Uber one time in uh in LA. What do you
3: late. mean?
2: <laughs> well, we are at the team hotel and we were, it was right before yeah. the uh the I think it was the Rams playoff game in 17. Okay. And we uh, shut
5: down the Rams in that uh, game.
2: Yeah, waiting for uh waiting for an Uber and the car pulled up. I didn't even True was just over kind of oh, you know, Typical Desmond Trufant, quiet guy. Was kind of over to the side, and I was like, "Hey, supposed to be mine." And I started to get in, and everybody was looking over there. It was true, and I was like, "Oh wait, is this yours?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, that's mine." I like, All right. <laughs> so, Squid Billy bum rush Trufant's Uber. All right. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, hey, got to be aggressive. I, I was treating him like a cab. So. And
3: he and he was soft spoken like that.
5: He's, right, a, he's a nice. I don't want to like yeah. we crap on. Him. We just didn't think he, we should, we want him to work for that last deal. I mean, that yeah. that contract extension. For and, sure. and by the way.
2: That's Desmond. You know, he, he, right. he like you said, he was nice, he would tell you whatever, he was honest, but you know, he wasn't gonna yell at me. He was just gonna right. be true. True a great <laughs> dude, Right. I mean, I, I really enjoyed uh, when he was on the team. And some guys said on can he play safety? Yeah, I don't I don't think you want to go with that. I, no. I I think the secondary's young and, and maybe you just go there and not try to bring in hmm. more guys from the past to, you know, patch up holes that you we might think are holes. Let's see with the you know, everything gets together. I'm really more concentrated on the fact that you're going to have about seven to uh, probably eight offensive linemen most weeks active. Well, that's how many you have on the roster. So that was my first takeaway is can we – let's maybe go get a couple more guys to fill out this offensive line.
3: Yeah, maybe they will both. That's what we were saying. This is the initial 53-man roster. I think it's going to be different by the time we roll around to Sunday, September 12th, and we're taking on the Eagles. I, I do think that's going to be the case. What do you got for us for Yeah, Man?
2: Yeah, I agree. Look – I don't even know where to begin. I had this story yesterday, and we didn't get to it because we were talking about another high school football story. But every year ESPN, they air uh, high school football games with big teams, you know, a lot of uh, talented guys on the roster. Mm-hmm. And as usual, uh, IMG makes the list. Right. And they played a team called uh, called Bishop Sycamore. And, well, it was ugly. The final score was 58-0. The very opening play offensively for Bishop Sycamore ended up in being, uh, well, like a four-yard loss because no one blocked anyone. It looked like they called a screenplay, but no one told the quarterback and the running back. That's the way it looked. And it got really ugly. And then on through the broadcast, ESPN said, you know, we were told that this team had a lot of college talent on it. (laughs)
5: Great vetting process by ESPN and, to a lesser extent, IMG for even scheduling these guys.
2: Well, they they couldn't verify some of the players of the the roster that only had 30 to 35. Then it turns out that some of the players weren't even in high school. They were JUCO players that had been cut. Then it turns out that this team had played two days before and lost. Then it turns out that their head coach has warrants out for him. Yep. And (laughs) civil lawsuits.
5: And they're not not listed anywhere as a charter school in the state of Ohio, by the way.
2: Yeah, they don't really have a location. Uh, They're an online thing. Now they've fired Roy Johnson, who was the head coach, (laughs) and he was fired by the offensive and the defensive line coach, who apparently also helps run, the, run the, the charter, Andre Peterson, who, surprise, surprise, played for Jim Trestle at Youngstown mm. State in the 80s. So that tells you kind of the shadiness mm. might be happening. And his son apparently plays. This has all kinds of layers to it. You know, ESPN blamed the production company uh, that helped put it on, mm-hmm. which was Paragon, and it's just – a fiasco from head to toe. So
3: who are these guys? Were these Carl, like 25-year-old guys
5: competing at the high school uh, level? With all due respect to Southern New Hampshire University or any one of those schools you can go online, It's as Squid Billy said, it's apparently some kind of online curriculum. And much like Danny Almonte in Little League, you had guys that were literally 20-year-old and 21-year-olds. So first off, lucky nobody got hurt. Right, as far as you know, because the IMG, for those who don't know, started by Terry back in the day for tennis. It's morphed into every sport. It's basically a boarding school, some kids on scholarship, funded by agents, and yada, yada. And everybody, you know, you've heard the IMG Academy puts guys in, in all sports. But anyway, this thing, Carl, it's a sham, and it's just mind blowing. And it, isn't this like kind, of co- kind of a commentary on where we are? Nothing is checked. You know, it just kind of rolls with it. It's on on ESPN, a national network, and it's basically a make-believe school with a make-believe football team. How they even get down to Bradenton is what I want to know. So
3: I'm about to retweet this uh, video of this quarterback from last year, this Bishop Sycamore quarterback who looks like he's 275. Okay, this looks like a full-grown man, and he's destroying people out here. And this is embarrassing. Mike, I totally agree with you. Everybody involved in this and putting these games together, and now that they've been outed, should be fired. How do you get to this point where, oh, yeah, there's a high school we're going to go play in Ohio that doesn't even exist?
5: Well, first off, there is no Bishop Sycamore, okay? Usually, if you're for those who don't know how Catholic or parochial schools work, when you are named like Bishop Lachlan in Brooklyn or Bishop Malloy or Cardinal Spellman, okay, or any other school in the country, it's named after an actual person. There is no Bishop Sycamore. They don't exist. By the so, way. And then people during the game apparently were people from Ohio who were like, what the hell is this? Like Bishop <laughs> Moller's students, a school that does exist and puts people in two major schools in, in college Not football. like, I never heard of these guys. What is this?
2: Well, most likely they got down by promising something. That Roy Johnson has multiple civil lawsuits because he basically scams people. Uh, he got a $100,000 loan issued in April that he was never repaid. They're coming after that. He also had one of his teams in a hotel – Because the kids that were over 18 – I repeat, the kids that were over 18 Mm -hmm. were staying in a hotel – that he never paid one dime to.
5: This <laughs> so is like Bad News Bears, Carl. When they go to Texas, they got nowhere to go. Yeah, by the and way, all, all these
3: kids, I'm looking at these highlights, all these kids look over 18, okay? All these kids are like, tw- kids, right. these are like 20, 21-year-old, 22-year-old guys. But IMG beat them 58 to nothing.
2: Yes, which means a bunch of 16- and 17-year-old high schoolers just beat a bunch of grown hey, men Better coaching. they could get it done.
3: Better coaching at IMG. <laughs> no, this, buddy, guy just, coach
2: this guy is. To
3: put his team out there. No, it's
5: like, remember in the old days you always heard about like Johnny Unitas played Sandlot football? That's what this is like. These guys are like, they're playing like pickup football. It's like a semi pro team. It's so what they play in a high school squad. <laughs> it really is. It really is. And, like, they, and they got their uniforms like Caretaker got them, the same guy that did the uniforms <laughs> for the uh, Mean Machine.
2: Apparently, they had mismatched helmets. And some players were having to share helmets. I mean, my crew at the three-piece suit football league would do better than this. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with that. Probably not, but maybe.
3: I agree with that. That this is the most interesting, crazy story I've heard in a long time when it comes to high school football. (laughs) But this is, guys. Hoover, Alabama And by the way, they played in Canton, Ohio. I said down in Bradenton. They played in Canton, I should say. But Hoover came over and played in the Corky Kill. And I'm only saying this to say this is the norm now. You see the top programs, whether it be Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, Texas, they travel out of state and they will go play another team. So that's not unusual now. It used to be years ago. That didn't happen. But this to not have the checks and balances in place, Mike, that's pathetic.
5: And of course, ESPN is blaming everybody, but anybody involved with in ESPN. I did get a kick out of the announcer, whoever this guy was. Uh, Bishop Sycamore told us they had a number of Division One prospects on their roster, and to be frank, uh, a lot of that we could not verify. They did was, not show uh, up in our database. They did not show up in the database of there, other recruiting services.
3: There was no database. These guys were people off the street. Hey, do y'all
2: remember when the when the when the kid went to Florida on a recruiting trip and they dressed yeah. his dad up? In a uniform. Yes. Yeah. Well that's what people people tweeted that picture said, Here's the new quarterback for Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> I mean, the only reason I wanted to talk about this story is because of the layers. I mean, this might yeah. be there's there's gonna be so much come out of this story that we're still getting to. It's unbelievable the scam that yeah. is that went on with this whole thing and everyone involved. Should be a shame. But as
5: Bo says, Paragon Marketing Company, Carl, took care of finding the matchups, provided them to ESPN. So ESPN technically
3: has an out in the Geico ESPN High School football kickoff. Yeah, but I mean, this is where uh, there's such sticklers. I'm speaking Mm. from experience about being involved in things and having the legal department making sure that everything is okay. What are you telling me? ESPN got a call, and all of a sudden they just said, yeah, let's get 15 cameras down there there, and let's hire a crew. Come on. Uh, It
5: it was a package. It was sold to them by Paragon. These companies do put put together a thing, and ESPN plugs plugs in. But, Carl, I mean, imagine, like, and at wide receiver, there's a Tom Jinkerson. Uh, He uh, wants to go to Ohio State, but after the game, he's going back to his shift at (laughs) Shodys. All right.
2: All right. You know, by the way, I think IMG needs to –
5: he is narrowed. He is narrowed down to Northwestern Ohio State and Indiana as the schools he wants to go to. <laughs> All
2: right, Chris, hit my music. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Bob, I don't know where they found this guy, but wow, I, I heard he was lifting weights before Carl. the game tonight. Carl. And apparently, he squatted 800 pounds before the game, Bob. I'm not sure where they found him. Hey, coming up next on the Ocho, we'll see Coastal Carolina taking on Apex Tech. Oh, geez. Unreal. That's that a break is from crazy shift at DeVry University.
5: <laughs> it's unbelievable. Later on is the Daytona Beach School of Motorcycle Repair
3: going up against <laughs> UTEP. These guys are good with their hands. Uh, Bishop Sycamore is the school we're talking about. If you've never heard of it, it's because it never existed. All right, coming up, man, we're going to talk some dogs. They do exist, and will they be ready when Saturday rolls around? Okay, picture this. It's Friday
0: afternoon when a thought hits you.